Well, if we've not met, my name is Tom Robson. I'm uh, one of the vicars here at Wick and also up at Liminster. After service, I'm going straight up there to take the service. So if you're here in the hall, I'm sorry I won't have a chance to say hello. But do get in touch during the week. Always very happy to catch up, uh, get to know you better, pray, have a coffee, whatever is going to be helpful. So do please do that if you'd like to. And just to say, as well as Janet mentioned, we had a great evening in here last night. Tricks and laughs. Thank you so much to Steve for that. We had lots of people from the church, lots of people from the community and friends here together, having a great time and also just hearing about this wonderful love of God for us in Jesus. And even since last night, we've had two people uh, who've signed up to come along to Alpha as a result of, of coming. And if, you, if that's you, you may be here, you may be watching online. It's great. We're so delighted. That's, that's what we love, is people finding out about uh, the love of God in Jesus. Well, I want to start uh, our talk this morning with a question, uh, and I would like you to think of one of the most strange, unusual, unexpected gift that you've ever been given, okay? And now I'm not going to ask you to share it with anybody, because it might have been given to you by the person sat next to you, but just take a second, think of the most unusual, strange, or unexpected gift that you've ever been given, and hold that thought. Last week, we introduce ourselves again to Joseph, the great-grandson of Abraham. And Joseph was given a gift, wasn't he? He was given this incredible robe. We don't know quite what the word means. It's not necessarily colourful, but something ornate, something very special about this coat. And his father, Jacob, who's also sometimes called Israel, confusingly, gave him this coat because Joseph was his favourite son. And we heard last week how that led to all sorts of problems with Joseph's older brothers. And not only that, he was also given dreams, given dreams by God that said Joseph, when he grew up, was going to have his brothers and even his father and his mother bowing down to him. And as you can probably imagine, it didn't go well. It led to jealousy, envy, and even hatred. And this week, as Tony's just read for us, it even leads to a plot to kill Jacob. And we're left with a question, I think. Why is it that even those who are called by God For them, sometimes, life just feels so unfair. Maybe you feel like that sometimes. Bad things seem to happen to seemingly good people. And bad people all around the world doing really nasty things, it seems, are able to carry on and get away with it. Why is it, even for those who are trusting in God, that life sometimes just feels unfair? And it certainly seemed to happen with Joseph, didn't it? Okay, he might have been a bit unwise in blagging about his dreams to his brothers, perhaps. We're not told. But he is the faithful, obedient son. And yet, as we heard, and we're going to think about this morning, he's the one who gets, ends up in the pit. He's the one who ends up getting sold into slavery in Egypt. Whereas his brothers, who are harboring envy and jealousy and violence in their hearts, seem like they've got away with it. Why is it sometimes, even when we're following God, that life can seem so unfair? I want to share two thoughts with you this morning from this part of Genesis 37. And the first one is this, that God works all things for good. Now, Jacob sends Joseph to check on his brothers. They're out working the fields. Joseph is the youngest. He might have been being protected by his dad, who didn't want him out in the dangerous world of looking after the animals. But Joseph gets sent to try and uh, find out how his brothers are doing. And on the way, he meets an unnamed man. He goes to where he thought they were. They weren't there, but he meets someone else. Now, we don't get a lot of detail in these Bible stories. So if something is included, you can be sure that it's included for a reason. 
And on the surface, it doesn't really seem like much is going on here. He doesn't find them. He meets someone else, and he says, oh, no, you need to go over to Dothan. They're, they're over there. But maybe that was included to start to show us that God could have saved Joseph from this situation. It would have been very easy for Joseph not to have met that man, to not know where his brothers were, and to head it back home, wouldn't it? God could easily have used that situation that the brothers had moved on to rescue Joseph from the danger that was awaiting him. Maybe it's a clue that actually, even when life seems unfair, sometimes God is using it. He could have saved Joseph, but he made sure that Joseph did meet his brothers. And what happens? Well, they saw him in the distance, and before he even reached him, they plotted to kill him. Here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. Come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of those cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. That jealousy, that rivalry had spiralled out of control and now they're plotting to kill their own brother. And the specific mention of the dream seems to me to be a sense that they're not just plotting to oppose and kill Joseph, but they're opposing God's plans as well. Now Reuben, who is the oldest brother, does persuade them to throw Joseph into the well alive. And his plan is to come back later and to rescue Joseph. And here's another moment where you think, well, God could have used that. God could have used Reuben to come back and rescue Joseph from the pit. And then he wouldn't have had to have been sold into slavery. But again, for the second time, we see that God doesn't override the situation. He's going to work through the situation. He's going to work through Joseph being in the pit and being sold into slavery. He's not going to take him out of the situation. He's going to work through it. And it's so difficult in life to try and second guess God's plans. Those of us who pray, and I'm guessing that's probably most of us, know that God doesn't always answer in the way or in the time that we want. And that's what faith is. It's trusting that God actually has a bigger and a better and a more faithful plan, even than the one that we come up with ourselves. This passage reminds us that we can trust him, even when it's hard to see where God's plan is heading. Because God's plan was to use even their evil actions to serve a better purpose. God is going to use Joseph... Later on in the story, this is a spoiler alert, but you've probably read it or heard the musical before. God is going to use Joseph to provide in a time of famine. And that is going to include providing for God's people, the descendants of Abraham. He's going to save this family because these are the chosen family through whom the Israelite nation will will grow. The ones amongst whom God will dwell and from whom will come the Messiah to bring God's rescue plan to the world. So God is going to use even the evil actions of Joseph's brothers to put Joseph in the place where God needs Joseph to be. And at the end of Genesis, we'll get there in chapter 50 in the end, there's this wonderful verse which sort of sums up the whole of the story of this part of Genesis. Joseph will say to his brothers, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. Both human action and God's purpose side by side. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. 
And as followers of Jesus, I think we could experience that quite often in small ways in our own lives as well. A life in a broken world amongst ourselves, when we're honest, and other people as well, can often involve situations which are hurtful or harmful or things that we know aren't right according to God's plan. And yet we can trust that even as we go through those difficult situations, God can turn it for good. Romans 8.28 says, God can make use all things for the good of those who love him. Now I asked you at the beginning to think of the most unusual or unexpected gift that you've ever received. I'm going to tell you about one. It's not one that I received, uh, but it is one that uh, I uh, met. When we went, Emily and I went to Guinea, Conakry in 2003, we stayed at uh, a sort of guest house of the Catholic Church in Guinea. Uh, and they had two pets in the garden. Apologies if you heard this story before. Two pets in the garden. One of them was a giant tortoise, which was quite fun. The other one was had an interesting backstory. Now, the Archbishop of Guinea was quite outspoken against the corruption in the government. He looked and he saw things that he knew weren't right, and he used his platform in the church to speak out against it. The president, he didn't like that very much, and so he sent a threat to the archbishop. He sent him a warning. Now, I don't know what you would send to someone that you don't like very much or is saying things about you. A nasty text message, perhaps. Uh, a slightly sarcastic birthday card. I don't know. Well, the president of Guinea sent the archbishop of Guinea a crocodile. <laughs> Real, living, breathing crocodile. And this archbishop, who I never met, but must have been pretty cool. He responded in the best way that he could to this threat. This threat to say is if, if you carry on speaking out against me, look what's going to come your way. What did the archbishop do? He trusted God and he kept the crocodile as a pet in his back garden. I like to think that he might have named it after the president, but I'm not sure if he did. You intended it to harm me, but God intended it for good. We're going to come back to that later on. Because it also points us forward to the cross. It points us forward to the moment in human history where the greatest harm was done to God himself when Jesus was put up on the cross. They intended to harm him. But God intended it for good. We can trust, even in those hardest moments, even when we feel like life is down in the pit or we're being carted off somewhere we don't want to go. Life is taking a journey that we never planned for or anticipated. We can trust that the God of Joseph, who worked that situation for good, can also work our situations for good. But in the midst of it, we might still be asking that question. Where is God in this? How is God working that for good? Well, in the end, Joseph's life is spared when Judah speaks up. Judah says to his brothers, what will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. It comes to something, doesn't it, when the good brother is the one who's just selling you into slavery for the rest of your life. Judas convinced himself that this is the lesser of the two evils, that rather than kill him, they'll sell him into slavery. We still hear, and perhaps don't hear, 
of the horrors of human slavery, human trafficking. It's going on even today. People that know far more than I who've looked into this say there are more slaves in the world today than ever before. The best estimate, not the, most, not the highest estimate, not the top estimate, the best estimate, the sort of average aggregate estimate, is it seems to be today in the world around 40 million people in some form of slavery. 40 million. To put that in context, that is one in every 200 human beings who's alive today is in a situation that they cannot get out of. 40 million. So just as a side application of this morning, why not go and look up one of those charities that's trying to do something about that? I like Stop the Traffic, but there are other ones out there as well. Trying to highlight this, trying to bring justice to these situations that are still going on today. But let's come back to Joseph. What will the brothers tell their father about their favourite son who they've sold into slavery? Will they, they take the coat, the coat that, that sparked all the trouble, caused all the problems, or at least lit the, lit the touch paper to get, it sparked, uh, to get it going. They take the coat, they dip it in the goat's blood, and they convince Jacob that Joseph was killed by wild animals. It's like a dagger in his heart. His favourite son is dead. And he must have wondered, even though he'd seen how God had been at work in his own family, he must have wondered, where is God in this? What is God doing? How can he keep this promise to my family when this has happened? And I think we can often look at the world, look at our own lives, and sometimes wonder exactly the same thing. Where is God in this? Joseph must have wondered the same thing as well, mustn't he? When it was dark, when it was in the pits. We just sang that song, Blessed be your name. When I'm found in the desert place, though I walk through the wilderness, blessed be your name. It's relatively easy to sing that on a sunny Sunday morning in a country with a good national health service and social benefits and the sun is shining. I wonder, and I ask myself sometimes, would I, Jesus didn't say, pick up your sun lounger and follow me. He said, pick up your cross and follow me. Where is God in this? I wonder if you ever find yourself asking that question. Even as believers, even as those trusting in Jesus, to be real and to be honest, well, that's the point where God meets us when we're real when we're honest when we don't try to pretend like everything's fine when actually life can be pretty hard sometimes that's the place where God meets us I wonder how aware Joseph was of God's presence with him when he was stuck down that pit maybe sometimes in a small way perhaps, you feel like you're stuck in a pit or stuck on a path that you didn't choose. And it's hard. And we find ourselves feeling that question, where is God in this? And often we have to sort of, we sort of pretend that we can't ask that question. That as Christians, we should just sort of put a brave face and pretend that everything's okay. But actually, it's not. And this story is here to remind us that often actually life is hard. But we can trust the good purposes 
of God. As we're going to see over the course of this story, God is with Joseph. He's working through those really hard and difficult situations to get Joseph to be where God wants him to be. In the palace. But first he has to go through the pit. But God will be with Joseph and he will be working through Joseph and he will be achieving his plans and fulfilling his promises through him. And God makes that same promise to you. Just as surely as he worked and was present in Joseph's life, God will be present and working through your life when you give it to him. One of the very last things that Jesus said to his disciples before he went back to glory was, I will be with you always to the very end of the age. In the pit or in the palace, Jesus will be with us. And so we leave this story this week on a bit of a cliffhanger. What's going to become of Joseph carted off to Egypt? How will Jacob respond? Will this family that God has promised to bring blessing to the world ever find any kind of hope or reconciliation? Why would God allow these seemingly terrible things to happen? Well, that's what we're going to see over the next few weeks. Stick with it. Stick with us. Hear how God is at work through Joseph to bring about his plan of salvation. And remind yourself that we can never second guess how God is going to work. That just because things are difficult in our life doesn't mean that we've got lost from God's plans. You cannot go so far off track that God cannot bring you home. Stick with it. Because the same God who worked through Joseph is the same God who can work through us. The same God who was with Joseph is the same God who died for us and who can be with you today, working your life and bringing good out of it, even through those hardest situations. Where is God in a messed up world? He entered into it. Where is God in a messed up world? He's on the cross. He died for it. Where is God in a messed up world? Well, the only place he isn't is the tomb. Because he conquered it.